The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. How much do you guys love spring quarter here at UW? And SPU, and Seattle U, and wherever you go to school in the area. What is your favorite thing about spring? Sun. We haven't seen it yet. We will. What else? Baseball. Baseball season. Cherry blossoms. Cherry blossoms. Who's seen the cherry blossoms already? That's why we're here. What else? Why do we love spring? You say allergies? You like to see people sneeze. That makes us happy when we see others sneeze. What'd you say? Engagements? Proposals? Do proposals happen in the spring? Do we have any spring engagements here in this room? We maybe. We'll bring them up after this. What do you got? I love spring, man. This is a great quarter. We put up with all winter in Seattle for spring. Aren't you guys excited to be back here? I love this quarter. Yeah, baseball season starts up. Yes, Husky football starts spring practice. Yes, supposedly it's sunny a lot. I love spring. It's my favorite quarter. Actually, I love all seasons. I don't know why I said spring is my favorite. Fall is Husky football season around here, which is fantastic. Uh, in the winter, I love snowboarding. And summertime in Seattle is like the greatest thing in the whole world. But spring does have something. Okay, it may not be my favorite. That was a lie. First lie. One minute in. Um, but I love spring. I think there's something new and there's something exciting about spring. I think we come back with energy. I know some of you got to go on some of these uh, service opportunities that we had. You come back, kind of find a community. Some of you did other things, maybe traveled around with some friends, found this community, come back with this excitement. Some of you guys might not have been the best spring break. Might be coming back kind of lonely and ready for something. But there's some sort of excitement. There's something new that we are hoping for With spring, there's the anticipation. I believe we're here in this room tonight with that same anticipation for something new and something exciting. And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. First, I'm gonna get to let you get to know me a little bit because you really don't know that much other than that photo of my wife and I. My wife who is here tonight, Rachel, she's in the back. Um, And uh, Rachel, and then of course, the third member of our family, Slater Dog, is also here. Uh, He is, there's us, in case you're wondering. Uh, that's our six-year-old miniature poodle mix, toughest dog in the world. Um, Rachel and I have been married almost six years, uh, five and a half years. We just spent the last five years living in Orange County, California. Like Becca said, that is our home down in Orange County. Um, it's sunny. That's the kind of a, you know, I know you knew that didn't come from Seattle. Uh, it, but before that, I was a student here. I was a student here at UW. Uh, I graduated in 2006. I was a Fiji here in the Greek system. Uh, I was not like my man, AJ, who came up here earlier. Where's AJ? Where are you at? AJ, that was really nice. I'm, I'm not gonna come all the way back and shake your hand, but my man right there, I, you are, are you a freshman in college? That was super cool what he shared. I hope you guys, we could have just left after he shared tonight. That was really cool. When I was a freshman in college, there's no way I would have done that. I wouldn't have got up front here. I would not have gone and given away my time, raised money to go do something. That's crazy. Um, But that's really cool. Thank you, AJ. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, 
But I did love my time. I spent five good years here. I could not graduate in four. Um, so just with a regular undergrad degree, I finished in five years. Uh, and then got the chance to do some other things. I worked with Young Life down in Alabama. Also was, was on staff here for a few years and, and love this place. It is an honor to be here tonight. It is an honor to be in this, in this role. It is fun to, to be in a place where, where people care about what they do and what's around them so much as Seattle. I've never been in a place where people care so much about stuff. That's fun. <laughs> stuff. Lots of things. Um, but, 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 you know, and, and so we're going to get into some stuff tonight. Um, and we're going to open a four-week series we're going to do here to start the spring uh, together. And I hope you get to know me. I hope I get to know you a little bit. Uh, if not in this moment... I hope outside of this, you introduce yourself to me. I would love to get to know you better. Um, but up here, we're gonna talk about this idea of life because for me, college was all about the discovery of life. And I bet it is for you as well. Uh, we do a lot of things in college. We're away from our parents. We get to be on our own. We get to be whoever we want. I love that about college. We get to figure out what's important to us, what is going to be life-giving to us. And that was what college was all about for me. Where am I gonna find life. And like Thurt said earlier when he was up here, here at the end, we are about discovering real life in Jesus Christ. That's what we're about, that there's something about Jesus that, that when we get to know him and, and we follow him and with our life, that there's something that, that is unmatched. And that's hard sometimes. I want to be very honest, that is hard to do. And it doesn't always feel super good. It's not easy, but there's something rich about that. And sometimes that life that is found in him is found from some very, very unexpected places. We can find life and we can find Jesus in, in some pretty unexpected places in our life. And so that's what we're gonna talk about. I wanna open tonight uh, by opening up the Bible to a book that I don't talk about very much, to be honest. Uh, it is a book called Isaiah. It is in the Old Testament. It is, it's about halfway through. It's like halfway through the Bible. If you just open up your Bible, there's a good chance you would land right on Isaiah. Uh, he is a prophet in the Old Testament. The way that God used to uh, speak to people before Jesus uh, came, the way he spoke to his people, uh, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, was through, through prophets. He would have a person. He would say, I'm going to speak through you. You are going to be my mouthpiece to a group of people, and you're going to deliver uh, the, the words that I want to share with them. And sometimes those words are tough because sometimes they're messing up. And, and sometimes those words are great and it's encouragement and they're on the right path and let's just keep that going. But prophets were not as cool all the time as you might think they were. It was a, it was a, you know, a really rich job that had a lot of purpose and, and a connection with God, which is incredible, but it was not super popular. People did not love prophets. Uh, because they told them things they did not want to hear. And much like you and much like me, we do not want to be told what to do. Maybe that's just me. But it's probably you too because you're in college. And that's half the reason you came to college. Uh, but Isaiah is, is kind of a major prophet. Um, and it's got a pretty long book, so he must be uh, pretty smart. And uh, we're going to read tonight, which is, which is the calling of Isaiah. Okay, It comes from Isaiah chapter 6. And this is actually his call. And then we'll talk a little bit about what that meant uh, for him and, and what that could possibly mean for us. Cool? All right, let's dive in. Uh, Isaiah 6, uh, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high 
and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'm going to stop right there. This is kind of weird. Is that what you guys are thinking? If this was my first time here tonight, I would definitely be thinking this is weird. Even if I'd been, you know, in the church my whole life, I'd still think that. I don't really know exactly what's going on, but this is a vision, okay, that Isaiah is having that God is is putting um, in him right now. So it's okay if you're thinking this is a little bit different than maybe your life. (laughs) At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. You may not know this about me, but when I was in high school, I was a decent basketball player. Yeah, I grew up playing basketball. I loved it. I was good at it. I came out here three weeks ago to play basketball against some of these guys on Monday nights, and I got exhausted in about five minutes, and I was not nearly as good as I once was, and it was kind of embarrassing. But growing up, I loved playing basketball. I loved it. It was a fun game. I, you know, my friends played. I found that you know, I, I could figure out the game, how to compete, and, and so I got into high school. And, and when I was a freshman in high school, I made the freshman team. Oh, that's pretty cool. When I was a sophomore, I made the JV basketball team at Seahome High School. Go Mariners. Thank you. <laughs> Knew it was coming. You can't go somewhere without at least one Seahome Mariner. <laughs> Junior year of high school, guys, I made the varsity basketball team. And I was not good enough to be a starter on the team. I was not one of the top five guys, but I was the sixth man. Okay, which meant I was the first one off the bench in the game. When somebody got hurt, when people got tired, when somebody got in foul trouble, I was the first one. And I was probably good enough to be a, a starter, but in practice, I would play great. But something would happen in games for me, in high school basketball games. I don't know if you guys played high school basketball or other indoor gym sports in high school, like volleyball or other things, but the fans are right next to you. Okay, they're right next to the court. I liked sports like football where you were super far away and people could not, you couldn't hear the crowd. In basketball, you can hear everything they say. Okay, when you're playing, it's like, we're this far away. And, and, and when you try to rattle the other team, it works because you can hear what they say. And I was an okay player, but when I would get in the game, you know, on the varsity team, I would get really nervous. And here's another thing about me you should know. I would get very sweaty very sweater. I have a condition. <laughs> I am a heavy sweater. Not to be confused with a heavy petter. Um, okay. So that's, that was bad. Okay. Um, I, 
you guys don't know what that is? Let me tell you, that may not be a term you use. No, we won't now. Okay, so here's the deal. I was, I would get really sweaty. In fact, during the game, like I would just, my hands would be so sweaty. I'm probably sweating right now. Gray was a horrible choice to wear tonight. But when I would take a charge, they would need to stop the game. They would need to have somebody come out and clean up the floor right around me. And one time we're playing in a game, high school game. And this right here, you can't see it far away. Three point line. I'm squared up. I'm ready to catch a ball. They pass me the ball. I go to shoot a three like this. And the ball, I'm so sweaty, goes off my hands backward and out of bounds. I have never seen that happen to one other person in my entire life. And if you think that opposing crowds laugh when you airball a shot, just you wonder how much they laugh when you're so sweaty that the ball falls backward out of bounds. I was a pretty good player, but when I would get in the game, I could hear the fans. I would think about what people were thinking about me a lot. I was afraid because when I would mess up, we had a coach that would pull you out pretty quick. I did not want to mess up. I did not want to come back. In fact, I, during the game, when it was later on at night, I'd always be like, oh, I wish I would have played a whole lot more. Or when I would play a lot in a game, I'd be so excited. But when I would sit on the bench and the coach would come down the row and I knew I was probably the first guy to get in the game, I did not want him to pick me. I was super scared of failing out there. And it stopped me from playing at the same level that I practiced. And so I would actually be hoping that he was going to find somebody else and put them in. Because of what was going on inside me. Isaiah, you can put that text back up there if you guys like to read it. Here's what's happening in the life of Isaiah. God is getting, giving him an opportunity to get in the game. And at first, he's pretty nervous. Like I think most of us would be if we had a picture of God that was high up on the throne, filling the temple and these flying little angel beast things. I don't know what they are. Don't quote me on that. Um, he's saying, get in the game. I say, I want you to get in there. I'm gonna give you opportunity. Who wants to play? And after a little while of, of, of self-doubt, goes, yeah, pick me. I want in. I want to play. Now, a lot of us come here tonight in a number of different places. Okay, some of us are on this journey with Jesus right now. Some of us came in the door tonight having no idea who Jesus is. That is great. I'm excited you're here. You are welcome in this place no matter what you think or what you believe. You do not have to think like us to be with us here. Be very clear about that. I'm excited that you're here no matter where you are. But for some of us, we were on this journey with Jesus. We're in the process of discovering what is it that he has for me? What is it that he's doing in my life. For some of us, he's doing something, giving us an opportunity to get in the game. Now, some of you guys so it went to the Dominican Republic or other places like that and, and, and raised money to do it and gave up your time. I would not have been there when I was a freshman in college. I would have been in Cabo probably. Um, I don't know if people still go there, but they did. Um, 
you know, and that's really cool. I think that's awesome that some of you guys are giving your life away like that. Now, here's the deal. You do not need to go on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. You do not need to move to Africa. You do not need to quit your job or your school and become a pastor. You do not need to go serve the homeless every single day in order to get in the game. But at some point, God moves us from this place of being comfortable to being uncomfortable. He asks us to start to trust him a little bit. Now, if you came in the door for the first time tonight, or maybe the second time, and you felt uncomfortable when you did, you felt like you might not belong. You wondered what people were thinking. Uh-oh, I don't want to stand alone. I want to get my phone out or go find someone or go to the bathroom again. Like, I, I, I want you to know, I, I want you to feel comfortable here. I want you to be known I want you to know we're excited to have you here and I want you to get comfortable. But not so you can stay that way. See, some of us have been here a while getting pretty comfortable. Getting pretty comfortable just as we are. Pretty comfortable. I'm good. I'm good, God, I'm good. Like you brought me this far, I'm good. I'll take it from here. I'm good. My hope is that we would move from being uncomfortable to coming and getting comfortable and then becoming uncomfortable. Again, we get in the game when we do so in our life, when we start to take a little bit of a risk on this journey with Jesus. Because sometimes if we're not careful, our comfort can compromise our calling. If we're not careful, our comfort can lead us to this place of complacency in our life. Now, the picture that uh, some of our in-speaking team, a team that I get to meet with, uh, that they had in, in their mind as they heard this text is, is somebody who's young in school. Maybe you remember when you were in kindergarten or first grade, you were asked, hey, who wants to volunteer for this? Who wants to be a line leader or help out the teacher? And, and you said, pick me. Oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Like, you don't care at that point. No one's calling you a suck up and no one thinks you're a teacher's pet. You just wanna be part of it. So we're here, pick me, pick me. We're so excited. We don't care what people think about us at that age. We're not nervous about failing and, and helping the teacher erase the whiteboard. But then something happens to us over time. We start to be conditioned to get too nervous and care too much about what people think and what they might say about us. And we get too nervous about letting others down or about failing. We get consumed with ourselves in the way that we might be insecure. And so instead of here, we get to this place in, in, in college of, yeah, pick me, pick me. We start to go, well, uh, pick me. I'm available. <laughs> I mean, you know, God, if you have nobody else, like, I don't think I would be your first option. Uh, and and there, I want you to know some things, God. I got a little bit of sin going on and here. It's creeping in. You don't know about it. And other people don't know about it. I haven't told anybody yet. And also, he, he's better. He, he's got something I don't. And I'd start with him and, and then her. Then her, these, oh, these people, they, they got stuff, God. But if you go with all them and none of them work out and you want to lower your expectations, then okay. <laughs> then okay, then pick me, but just don't get too excited. 
because something might not go the way you want it to go. So we don't really volunteer ourselves to be uncomfortable. I know I don't like to be uncomfortable. Probably the same way our fears stop us from trying. We get caught up nervous about failure. So we miss out. So often we miss out, our fears cause us to miss out on the opportunity that God has for us. I don't want to put that down. I don't want to downplay our fears. They're very real. I, I live in the real world. I know that it's hard. I know that I can say things like that and in here, and then we can go back out there and go, I, I don't, Mike, you don't get me. You don't get the situation I'm in. There's a real world application to this that doesn't play out perfectly. I get it. I do. I want you to know a month ago, I was asked if I would be interested in, in, in taking on this role. I would love to say my first thought was, yeah, I need to talk up front. People just have to listen. Look at you guys. You just have to sit here. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I got I, all the thoughts that immediately came in are like, there's big shoes to fill. What if I fail? What if people don't follow me? What if, you know, they don't want to listen to what I have to say or they don't want to be a part of my teams or what? I don't even know what lit really means. Like, how do I use that in a sentence? Am I lit? Is somebody else lit? Am I fire? Am I a fire? I don't know. What if I fail at this? I've been out of college a long time now, 11 years. I'd love to think that all my first thoughts were, yeah, pick me. Even for this job, I know all my fears almost kept me. And I'm not here to say I'm so good that I didn't listen to those. There's a lot of wrestling with me. I want you to be on this journey together. I want you to have people that are on this journey with you here that want to wrestle with this stuff together with you, want to encourage you because this is really hard to do alone. But you got people that understand. Now, if we go back to the text, would you put that first slide back up there, the first half? When I first read this, <clears throat> that first line, okay, in the year the king Isaiah died, I kind of thought that was a throwaway comment. I had read something that said, maybe this is for historical purposes, kind of gives us a date of, uh, of when this is taking place. And, and so, you know, as, as I thought, wrestle with what is going on, what is happening to Isaiah as God is calling him, giving him this vision. It, but after a little while, I thought this is actually a very significant line. This is actually a really significant part of what we just read. Death has occurred. And all of a sudden, there is a void that needs to be filled. Now, I want you to know, first of all, death, real death, person, death. I do not think God ordains death. I do not think he causes bad things to happen on purpose. I do not think he wants people to suffer. Okay? But what has happened here is that death has occurred in this situation and it has left a void. See, that's what death does. Okay, when a person physically dies or just when something dies in our life, when an opportunity possibly dies, all of a sudden there, there, is, there is a void, okay? Maybe we thought we were going to get a job or maybe we thought we were going to get into a major or maybe we thought that we were going to get into a sorority or a fraternity or be in a relationship and that opportunity in our life has died for us. 
I'm not the person that's up here that says, hey, God has a better plan. Just trust God, everything will be fine, don't even worry. Guess what? Sometimes life sucks. It does, sometimes life is hard. That's a real thing. But the crazy thing that can happen in death is that it presents an opportunity for us. Because of death in the kingdom, there was a void. And all of a sudden, for the first time, Isaiah is seeing God in a brand new way. Like he never saw him before. He is high on the throne. There is a place that God sits that he has never realized. Because of the death of the king, there was a void in the kingdom. And he was motivated to get in the game. What is the opportunity that you have in front of you? It's spring quarter. New opportunity. What opportunity have you been presented with? Maybe you just went on a, a trip somewhere. You come back and, and so there's a part of you that you go, man, I want this part of me to die because I want something new. I come back new and expectant and excited and, and I, want, I want something new this quarter. In our community, there's kind of been a death. Now, Ryan Church did not die. He has moved to some really cool things and he's serving this church and this community in great ways. But it has, it's left a void. He did so much, both up here and in the life of college students, behind the scenes, just everything that, that he gave away to, to college students for 17 years, it's created a void. Those are big shoes to fill. You might be mourning that. I'm kind of mourning that right now. But that has also presented us with an opportunity. The transition has given us an opportunity. We are discovering right now our identity as a community. And you get the chance to come be a part of that. We need you. We're discovering that together. What is going, in this transition, what is going to be our new identity? I invite you to help shape this place. I'm not just talking about the people that are officially on our leadership team. For those that are in a position of leadership, awesome. It's a great opportunity to step up. Maybe you've been dabbling a little bit and now it's a great time to, to own it and take on some real responsibility here. You know, for the rest of you guys, whatever you want this place to be, you want it to be a place where people walk in the door and they feel more welcome than they've ever felt in their entire life, come help us make it that way. You want this to be a place where people come in and have fun, get to know that God is a fun God that loves us and wants us to experience life to the full? Come make it that way. You want people to walk in here and experience the power and the presence of Jesus? Like, come be a part of this. This is not a place where us as a staff say, hey, sit down and listen to what we have to say. This is a place where you come and go, this is what I want. Like, I want people to experience Jesus. I want to experience more Jesus. I want us to be a community that does. I wanna be a part of something big and I don't just wanna watch from the sidelines while someone else is doing it. I wanna participate. I wanna play. This is what I love about Jesus. Life comes from death. Life comes from unexpected places. Guys, we have a God in our life who has power over the grave. We have a Jesus that has conquered death. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is why we're here. 
It is an incredible opportunity that not just one time Jesus rose from the grave and conquered death, but that every day we get the opportunity to allow him into our life for him to conquer the death that currently lives in us and bring us brand new life. Man, I want that for all of us. I hope you want it too. Put up that first picture um, for a second. This is, uh, that was not just our house in Orange County. Zoom out a little bit from that. This picture of my wife and I in Slater was actually our last day in Orange County. For five years, we spent our time building a life there building a group of, of, of college students. We love college students. Uh, building, a, buying a, a home and, and owning our first home ever together. And that day, we packed up that U-Haul you see and we drove up to Seattle after five years. And it was a hard day. It was a very hard day. There were a lot of tears shed as we left our home and as we drove uh, out of the neighborhood. All we could think about was this place that it was sunny all the time. That we have friends, good community, and that we loved. When transition occurs in our life, it's not normally easy. Our eyes way more often get caught on what we're leaving behind than on where we're going. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it also doesn't mean that it's not right. And whatever place you're sitting, if you're coming in excited about life right now, if you're coming in that death has taken place in some way or an opportunity is lost or there's something in you that has died and you're coming in expectant of something new, I hope you come and join us on this journey together. I hope you come out here on Tuesday nights. I hope you come by the office. I hope you get to know our staff and each other. I hope it's a place that you come and make friends and find community and discover everything that Jesus have for, has for you and that real life is found in him. Let's do that together this quarter. I'm excited. I'm honored to be a part of it. Let me pray for us. God, for some of us sitting here or standing, God, it's really easy to get stuck on the ways that we think we will fail or the ways that we are not good enough, the ways that we compare ourselves to others, think that maybe they're better than us. God, I pray tonight as we come to you, Lord, that we would just see this, this incredible, unique life that you have for us. God, help us to discover life in you when we feel like it and when we don't. Amen.